More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in Friday edition, hour number two. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we are rolling through and having a good time with all of you. Buck, I don't know how much attention you've ever paid to this story, but I went to, I think I've talked about this on the show before, I went to a public magnet school in the Nashville area for grades 7 through 12. Um, and it was a school that was academic focused, and you had to have, they give you like stay nine tests or whatever, they, I think they called the TCAP. Uh, Tennessee Comprehensive Assessment Program that you take when you're a kid. And basically, it's for smart kids, uh, to the extent that I can qualify as smart. And uh, 7 through 12, it changed my life immeasurably, right? Uh, I went to public school K through 12, and I got to go to this school, Martin Luther King, grades 7 through 12. And by the way, I think I got, I got an email this morning from one of the guidance counselors saying they're trying to do away with 7th and 8th grade there, which is its own crazy story, uh, which I think is an awful idea. But there have been of late, and I don't know if you've paid a lot of attention to this, Buck, but I, I've kind of paid a great deal of attention to it because of my own academic background. Of late, there have become attacks on high uh, academic courses, whether it's AP courses, whether it's honors courses, whether it's the schools themselves designed for smart kids, as an attack upon equity. And sometimes, Buck, it's focused on, hey, we don't have the right enrollment. The AP history class is not diverse enough. Uh, the, the, the people who were taking AP calculus, oh, they don't have enough uh, of this particular minority in them. And so the result is some places say you should just do away with them. And I was thinking about that this morning as I was getting ready for the show, and I saw this headline from the Daily Mail. Chicago's progressive mayor, Brandon Johnson, announces plan to axe Windy City's high-achieving selective enrollment high schools to boost equity 
despite promising not to during an election campaign. And, Buck, you grew up in New York City, which is probably where all this kind of started. I know Boston has their own version. Northeast, I think, is where this high uh, achievement public high school dynamic began. And those schools in both New York City and Boston have also been coming under attack. Chicago, my hometown of Nashville, the idea is, oh, there's too many smart kids there, and if they don't directly reflect what the population of the enrollment is of the overall student body, then we've got to tear them down. I just think this is a direct attack upon the meritocracy itself. We sh- don't we want, shouldn't we want smart kids to be as smart as they possibly can be? This is a, an ongoing, and it's, it's fascinating how this plays out. And it's one of those, one of those policy issues where you see that the progressives are actually cruel in the name of diversity or cruel in the name of some higher good. Because instead of allowing high achievement, uh, high schools or courses to exist, they get very frustrated because you can't actually have these schools in high schools. You know, they can't do like the college application holistic nonsense where it's like, oh, the person's essay is why they got in. No, actually, it's skin color. It's affirmative action. It's the things that we all know that they're taking into account more than anything else. But, okay, you see this happening. I mean, the fact that they they can't change the numbers, then they go, well, let's just shut it down. Let's shut it down. And they've done this. They'll shut down schools that outperform other public schools as a um, a giveaway to the teachers' unions, the thuggery of the lazy and inept teachers' unions. Um, they did that in New York City. They were trying to. They're going to shut down Harlem Success Academy. Young black kids outperforming all of their peers of all races on statewide tests, doing phenomenally well, and there was a movement uh, under de Blasio to shut down the Harlem Success Academy schools. Why? Well, as I said, teachers union stuff, but also, you know what the centerpiece of, of these, some of these charter schools is? Accountability for the kids and the parents. Yes. And, and there's another, and I actually, so, you know, you were, I mean, Clay's like, I mean, there's like the school for geniuses in Tennessee. <laughs> I, I, Clay Travis, but, maybe but, went by to the, the way, school I for think, geniuses. I, I think you might also point out that some people would say a genius for kids from Tennessee could be considered an oxymoron in many parts of the country, but yes, this was a, uh, I, I like, I, I mean, I, I, I do not believe, but here's the way I'll put it to you. Cause I know you went to a, you were a, at a really good school in New York yeah, I went city to a too. Nerd, a nerd school for the yeah, small I kids. Went to, I went to a nerd school in Nashville. Here's a good question. And I would put it this way. I was fortunate to go get a scholarship to George Washington. And then I graduated from Vanderbilt law school. I think that I would not have achieved any of that if I hadn't gone to Martin Luther King 7th through 12th grade. 7th and 8th grade, I think, were the toughest years academically for me, way tougher than college and law school. And some people think that's crazy, but it was about catching up. It was about determining what level of academic achievement you could attain. I don't think I'd be sitting here talking to you today if I hadn't been able to go to that school. And And... There's another school in New York City. I mean, I want to, we can get back to Chicago's progressive mayor just to point out here that he's going to get rid of these schools because they upset people. Think about yes. how cruel that is. Think about the how meritocracy upsets people, uh, on, on the left right now. But, but it's, it's, it's really, it's a sore point on the left because it goes to the failure of, oh, all these, they always do these things where they say, 
if we just had better student-teacher ratio, if we had more resources, if we spent more money, no. What the actual data shows is, do your parents show up to parent-teacher night, or does a parent show up to parent-teacher night? Do the parents make sure the kid arrives at school on time and is picked up if they're at the age where they have to be picked up by an adult who is in, you know, who cares for them? Do the parents check to see the kid is doing the homework? Is the kid supported in their day to day when they get home? Does someone ask them about their school? Does someone eat dinner with them? It doesn't have to be, you know, filet mignon served by a butler. Does someone sit with the child and talk to them over the dinner table about their day? Nobody wants to hear that. They want to hear that it's it's structural racism, or they want to hear that it's systemic inequality, or they want to hear whatever. And one of the best uh, laboratories of how this uh, elite school system plays out in the whole country, there's Stuyvesant High School. Now, there's a lot of beef between Stuyvesant and my high school, Regis, because we were both free schools, but we were the free private school, and they were obviously public, so it's free. But you had to take a special test for both to get in. Humble brag, Clay, I got into both. But... I remember I showed up on on Stuyvesant Test Day, and I'm not I'm not kidding when I say it was me and a thousand or so Asian kids. Yeah, and 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 now it was, I, I did not not I super rich day. Asian kids, by the way. These are first generation. Yes. The parents like are engaged. I was going to go. It's so important. They the poorest ethnicity per capita in New York City of the sort of you know of the black, white, Hispanic, and Asian is actually Asian. They are poorer per capita, and, and the people, this blows people's minds. They cannot believe it until they look up the data and they say, oh my gosh, it's actually true. So it's not that there's all these rich kids, you know, this isn't like the crazy rich Asians movie where people are driving Maseratis everywhere and flying on private jets. These are, to your point, immigrants whose parents often speak almost no English. Um, now, Stuyvesant is just the test. There's no... Nothing. The, the ultimate meritocracy. It, you sit just, down, and it's just how well do you score on a test? And, and it's like the SATs. It's sort of math and probably language arts or reading. Or I forget what they call it now. It's been a long time. But it's a, a you know a verbal section, a math section. All right, Clay. This is from the New York Times, by the way. This was from earlier this year because every yeah. year we have to have the same debate, just like they're having in Chicago right now. Of the 762 new students admitted to Stuyvesant Elite High School next year, how many are black? I would bet that it is 500 Asian, 100 white, uh, and you said 780 or something like you 762 know, six, students, 75 uh, Hispanic and 75 black. If I were guessing, seven. That's crazy. Seven. Yeah. Um. Now this is very upsetting. Very upsetting to the Democrat administration of New York City. Very upsetting to you. You have to remember, Clay. Um, I mean, I had a friend who was a teacher in one of these, like, uh, one of these, they call them like renaissance schools. And she says that, you know, all, it's all the computers are brand new and there's so much money and there's so much tax dollars and all this stuff. They haven't budged the test scores for yeah. black and Hispanic students in the public school system in 40 years. They, they can't do it. Now, Harlem Success Academy, charter school systems have had success. It's not that it can't happen. But the system that they're operating in overall does not work. And so there's just this, this, uh, year in and year out debate. And you know what they want to do? They want to make Stuyvesant a random lottery school. 
because then it's like, well, everybody gets a shot. But the point is, Stuyvesant is only Stuyvesant. And by the way, fierce debate rivals. So I kind of want to talk some trash about them. We were like, you know, like the Sharks and the Jets from West Side Story. That yes. was Regis and Stuyvesant in debate. Does it get nerdier than this, folks? No, it does not. I mean, you can see the pocket protectors right now, those of you listening to us on radio across the country. But they always want to try to shut it down because it is just a it's a thumb in the eye of the whole system and all the spending and all the money. And it also goes to the meritocracy. You actually see this. Why are only seven black students getting into Stuyvesant this year? What is going on? Uh, I mean, I think the New York City, I'm guessing, I think it's like 30% maybe African-American. I have to check on that. Probably right. higher than that for public school enrollment, too. Um, but yeah. but that is the point here is your peer group, and this is my one bit of parenting advice to the extent that I have any, your peer group, that is the peer group of your kids, is insanely important when it comes to determining what their overall academic success will be. And if you are, like Buck and I were, surrounded by nerdy kids who care yes. about academics, especially as you hit adolescence, you are more likely to achieve at a high level than if you were surrounded by people who don't and, care about academics at all. And, you know, we have Dr. Carol Swain uh, coming yes. up. We're talking to her. And, uh, you know, she's going to talk to us about the Harvard president. The Harvard president, Dr. Gay, wanted Roland... Fryer Jr. fired and detenured and fired, which is like impossible to do normally. But Clay, the reason in part was his his data crunching on white and Asian kids get more friends as they are more successful in school. Black and Latino kids and actually Latino kids more than black kids, according to his data, lose friends as their grades and their test scores improve. What is going Again, just looking at the numbers, that was sacrilege for this tenured, you know, really kind of like hotshot professor at Harvard to put that out there. And think about the culture that you're creating for young black and Hispanic kids that when they dominate academically, they have less of a good social circle around them. I mean, that's yeah. brutal. It's the exact no, just, opposite of what should happen. We should just, you know what really helps? Just shut it all down and just say that it's all racism and, and never fix anything. That's, that's what the Democrats do. Uh, throw more money at it and tax you more and say that it's no one's fault. There's no accountability for anybody. And, uh, you know, it's, if people need to pay their fair share of taxes, it would all get better. You know, you worked hard to build your retirement savings. So you deserve an investment that delivers consistent returns without compromising your financial security. Phoenix Capital Group wants to help fuel your growth. You can invest in their corporate bonds through your 401k and IRA to start earning tax-deferred annual returns ranging from 9 to 13%. There are multiple options with different rates and terms to choose from. Phoenix Capital Group is providing investors a new high-yield option investing in domestic energy assets. Start earning these high yields and learn more about multiple offerings today at phxonair.com. Learn more by downloading the free investment packet at phxonair.com. You can diversify your investments and earn 9 to 13% annual interest. Before making investment decisions, carefully consider and review all risks involved. Visit phxonair.com today. Making sense in an insane world. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. 
Unlike other apps on prize picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free Prize Picks app and open your account. Use my name Clay for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code Clay, that's C L A Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, and three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. All right, welcome back, everybody. I got to tell you... I didn't think we'd be talking about Moby so much on the show. I, I didn't think that was going to happen. It's been a good what time if you been? got Moby, Moby stock. Moby stock has surged. Produ- Producer Allie and Moby go way back as we, as we have discussed here on the show. I think we're probably helping some, uh, some CDs with play, which is, I think his album that went, you know, uh, many times platinum or whatever in the nineties, uh, probably selling some CDs on eBay by talking about this, but clay, he he has become a a stalwart defender. Who would have thought 
you know, that he would have become a stalwart defender of Hunter Biden and a and a critic, a critic. This is from his Hunter Biden interview. This dropped today, though, so this is a new part of it. He's a critic of all these so-called Christians passing judgment on Hunter Biden. Play this one. This right wing media, especially, has portrayed him as some sort of strange Svengali criminal demon, and I just can't reconcile that with my friend from recovery who sits in his garage drinking instant coffee and painting pictures of hummingbirds. It's also been incredibly confusing watching spiritual people indulge in judgment because I am passingly familiar with a lot of the world's spiritual traditions, even the more secular ones, and I don't know of any of them that call on us to judge strangers. I, I this this sophism or sophistry is of of a particular um uh, it's you, you see this frequently on the left clay where to defend certain people they'll pull out the oh if you were really a christian you wouldn't judge this person and then without missing a beat a moment later they'll be like how dare you support trump he's worse than hitler <laughs> they're just it's such a joke they're such a joke moby what uh, are you doing well i mean first of all to, to build on producer Allie's connection to Moby, like she actually has a picture with Moby from back in the nineties. Like this Wait, is, we some, not put like, that up on the website? Cause that is that up on the up website on the right now? Yeah. I mean, that, oh, that's it's, gotta oh, go. I, all of a sudden, Allie, <laughs> the, the mic, no. I mean, Allie, defend your boy. You and Moby were tight back in the nineties in the East Village. Does that sound like the Moby you knew? Guy who just wants everybody to drink instant coffee, paint in their garage, and uh, no judgment anywhere? Oh, my God. You guys are so exaggerating. <laughs> I heard that Moby actually didn't ask Allie out, Buck. I heard he dropped down on one knee, asked her to marry. Oh, uh, my and, God. And oh, you know what? Man. Based on the pictures of Allie and Moby back in the 90s, I mean, Moby would have been out kicking his coverage. I mean, I don't blame him for going all in on producer Allie. Uh, when she was the bartender back in the East Village with the Schlitz, uh, what, what beer for five dollars or whatever did, you guys you were selling. Play, did you ever successfully ask a bartender or server at any oh, kind of establishment question. for a phone number? Have you ever been able to do it? Well, I'm really, I'm, I, this is going in a direction you probably didn't expect. I have gotten a stripper's phone number before, which I think is probably even more impressive. Is that more impressive or less impressive? <laughs> I didn't know we were gonna go there. The, well, I, I I don't I don't remember getting a bartender's. I don't remember there being that many cute bartenders in 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 my experience. For me, uh, it was more event, events. Sometimes the event staff, if you went to like honestly, this is gonna sound kind of but like really high end charity events, even in New York, the event staff would be models in New York. Yeah, so that doesn't that um, doesn't shock me. I definitely I definitely got a. You would have been so proud of me. I definitely got a phone number once. This is like. I don't know, 15 years ago from just a true, it was a fake phone number, Clay. I got fake, oh. I got fake phone numbered by the event staff. Oh. I, I moonlighted as a cater waiter, so I know that scene too. Uh, but in the meantime, traveling overseas holiday season like I am, Pure Talk has you covered because they just added international roaming in 30 countries this year. List of countries includes Japan, England, Italy, Greece, the Bahamas, so many more. Here's the best part. No rate increases. Pure Talk. Still saves the average size family almost a thousand dollars a year with plans starting at just twenty bucks a month and 
They'll put you on America's most dependable 5G network, so the coverage is second to none. Switch to Pure Talk, a veteran-owned wireless company with simply the best U.S. customer service team now with international roaming to over 30 countries. From your cell phone, here's how you do it. Dial pound 250, say the keywords play and buck to make the switch, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck to start saving on wireless now. Governor Chris Christie, former governor of New Jersey, is with us now. Sir, thanks for uh, thanks for calling in. Okay, thanks for having me on, fellas. Appreciate it. At this point, a lot of people, I think, would assume the first question that you'd be asked would be something similar to, I believe, what Megyn Kelly asked you in the debate, which is, given your numbers and how things are going, why are you still in the race? Why aren't you endorsing somebody else? Well, because at this point in New Hampshire, which is the first place where folks get to vote in a primary, um, I'm I'm only four points behind Nikki Haley in second place. Um, the only result of two people in double digits there beside Donald Trump. And there's five weeks to go in this race. And so we've got a lot of work still to do, and we think we're going to do very, very well in New Hampshire and then move on from there to South Carolina and Michigan. Last time you were on with us, Governor, uh, you said you would have made the catch that Marquez uh, Valdez-Scandling uh, would have. You said you've been there, you'd have made the catch. I bet you would have lined up on sides, too. Um, so uh, the, the Chiefs, it seems to be a theme here that Chiefs receivers have screwed up, and then you come on the show. Uh, uh, but yeah. I wanted... <laughs> I wanted to dive into that uh, in particular there with you. You said the last time you were on, I think it was right before Thanksgiving, that if you did decide to drop out, you would endorse Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis, that you wouldn't support Vivek, um, and certainly you're not going to support Donald Trump. I think everybody knows that. Uh, it seems to me that you have chosen, when I watched the debate down in Tuscaloosa, it felt to me like you were allied with Nikki Haley. Is it fair to say that Nikki Haley would be your choice in the event you drop out? Have you made a decision about which of those two you would support in the event you withdrew? No, I haven't. And look, you know, people always look at things cynically, and I understand why, um, given the state of politics today. But because I defended Nikki Haley on the debate stage from Vivek's really juvenile attack, people think that somehow that makes me aligned with Nikki Haley. What it makes me aligned with is is common courtesy. Um, you know, when a 38-year-old guy on that stage compares his son, his three-year-old son's intellect to the intellect of Nikki Haley and does so unfavorably, I'm sorry. I just wasn't going to stand there and let him get away with that. Um, he hasn't shown respect to anybody on that stage um, over the course of the last uh, four debates. And at that point, I just had enough. So I would have done the same thing. If he had done it to Ron DeSantis. Governor Christie, I wanted to ask you, you know, I, I remember back when you were New Jersey governor and, you know, the Tea Party days, you really made a national name for yourself by standing up to the teachers union bullies, right? I mean, and that, and they're bullies. They are. And they don't care about yep. the kids. And that's how, you know, you became really a, a household name outside of New Jersey. And, and, you know, I still, I remember watching those clips and, you know, I along with a lot of others were cheering for you. Because it seemed like, or rather, I believe, then you really understood in that case who the, you know, the enemy might be too strong a term, but, you know, you understood who who needed to get, uh, you know, smacked around a little bit, so to speak, you know, New Jersey style. Now, when we see you on stage, it feels to me, and I've gotten other people, you know, listening to this show, they write in about this, that all of your ire is directed towards not 
you know, the, the people that are pushing for the wide open border and not the people that are supporting Soros prosecutor style policies in cities and states all across the country and not the $33 trillion in debt spenders, et cetera, not the radical left and all this, but Donald Trump. And I, I just feel like that, that's something that I, if, if I were running a debate, I'd want to ask you, why are all the punches directed in Trump's direction and not at the radical left enemies we have who are really hurting this country and hurting working folks uh, folks and people that you know you you are supposed to be championing well certainly if you listen to everything that i say that's not the case um but what i will say is this when we're looking at the 33 trillion dollars in debt eight trillion of it was racked up by donald trump in four years the largest amount of debt ever racked up by a president in four years in the history of this country and that came from a guy who said he was going to balance the budget in four years You know, when we're talking about debt, it's that. I have continued and did um, in debate two directly go after the teachers union and go after Randy Weingarten and Jill Biden directly. On the border, I'm the only one who has come up with a plan to try to deal with the border beside, you know, shoot them stone cold dead um, or build a wall and have Mexico pay for it, which we got lied to about eight years ago. Um, You know, so if you look at these issues, I've talked about all of them. I've been the one who has stood up and given a plan on how we deter China by expanding our our submarine capability. And it's been reviewed by defense experts saying it was the only person who answered the question directly. Um, I did the very same thing when I was asked about what's going on in our educational system and that I'm for educational choice for every parent in this country. And I dismantled the Department of Education to do it. So I've said all of those things. But the reason everyone remembers the Donald Trump stuff more particularly is because I'm the only one up there telling the truth about what we're facing. We have a guy who's going on trial this spring who very well will be convicted because his own chief of staff, Mark Meadows, is now going to testify against him. And he could be in a uh, Okay, G- Governor Christie, i got to ask you this, because you've, you've said this before on the show. Donald Trump is almost 80 years old. He's facing four felony indictments in different jurisdictions. The first felony indictments he's ever faced in his entire life, they all are happening in an election year. They were held for years, so it could happen in this election year. Are these political prosecutions? I think the one in New York is a political prosecution, and I think the one in Atlanta I would not have brought, if I were the prosecutor, I wouldn't have brought that case against him in particular because he had already been indicted for that federally by Jack Smith and the Department of Justice. But I think the two from the Department of Justice have absolute evidence behind them. Uh, and you can see it both in the, in the confidential documents case. And by the way, if you want to talk about the delay in the confidential documents case, you know what was called, who caused the delay? Donald Trump, who for a year and a half refused to return the documents. Would you have brought you? You you were a U.S. attorney. Sorry to cut you off, but but you were just saying you wouldn't have uh, you wouldn't have brought the case in uh, in New York or in Atlanta. Those are both state court uh, cases. If you were a federal prosecutor, would you have brought the cases uh, that Jack Smith has brought both in D.C. and in South Florida? You would have charged Trump. Absolutely, I would have charged them in both. On the documents case, it is so clear. Um, that he will be convicted there, um, based upon. But let me just, let me just. Sorry, I, I agree. You, we've been analyzed that, but I'm just kind of curious. You're you you were a prosecutor, U.S. attorney for a long time. No one has yeah. ever charged a former president, certainly not a, pre- a presidential candidate, in 240 years of United States history. To me, in order to break that precedent of never having done it before. 
it seems pretty aggressive, and I think, personally, a poor, awful precedent, regardless of what you think of Trump, to try to put the leading presidential contender right now going up against the sitting president in prison for the rest of his life. Aren't you not, are you not troubled by that precedent being set? Because whether you think about Trump, it's unlikely that he's going to be the last guy to face criminal charges once you cross that Rubicon. I'm more troubled by his conduct. And there's no way that we can permit in this country for someone to commit crimes while they're in the White House and and then say, if I declare for president again, you can't prosecute me because I'm running for president again. And I'm sorry, that doesn't put you above the law. There's no one in this country who is above the law. Absolutely no one. And the fact is that Donald Trump caused the confidential documents case himself. If he had returned those documents at any time in the year and a half, they were asking him privately, quietly, by letter, with his lawyers, without even a subpoena being issued. Then they issued a subpoena. He refused to do that, and we now have his lawyers right. out well, there saying right. that they told him it was going to be a crime. Like the, the, the court obviously is now going to they're going to look at this because the president. President Trump is saying that he's covered by the Presidential Records Act, and and this might be adjudicated if this actually well, goes to court. But uh, but can I ask you, Governor Christie? Uh, it... oh, listen, hold on a second. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying he's right or no, no, wait, but we to know. I'm not saying he's right or wrong. I'm just saying that that's the defense that his legal team is going to mount. Right. Yeah, and it's wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I know you think so. I'm telling you um, right but now. But what I wanted to ask you, though, speaking of of the. Yeah. Of, of, you know, your sense of, of what's going on here and legally. In other words, we have one more for you here, Governor Christian, and then we actually want to get to something. We're going to hold you actually, because we, we, uh, we're, we're, we're finding this Great. to be a, a fruitful exchange. Uh, so if you could stay with us for another segment, but really quickly, sure. um, do you think that there are, not all, but are there some January 6, uh, prisoners or, you know, people that have been, have been convicted who were treated unfairly before trial and have been treated unduly harshly after in terms of their sentencing? Look, I think the sentencing, uh, and this um, was was very, very severe. Now, I also think what happened on January 6th was very severe. And so, you know, I'd have to look at each of those individual cases. And to be honest, I haven't looked at the sentence and done comparisons to all of the people ah, and their conduct. come on. I haven't. They held, they held people it. for over a year in solitary without them even getting their day in court. Look, the fact of the matter is that people are held all the time in this country without bail. Do you think there was an insurrection? Without bail. Do you think it was an insurrection? I think it was a riot. Yeah. I mean, we agree that it was a riot. Uh, but riot, yeah. Right. But, I mean, it's I it it, in order to it's hold somebody, you know this, in order to hold somebody in solitary confinement, you have to believe that they are a direct, legitimate threat. You would know the criteria far better than Buck and I would. I can't imagine that you think some guy walking around uh, you know, dressed as a caveman inside of uh, the U.S. Capitol is is in danger of toppling the country. Well, I don't think he was held in solitary, but the, right, the, but guys the, like the fact, that were. But we'll, yeah. we got to come back. Can you come back we'll with us? Come next? back, Governor. We got it. We got to hit a break here. We got something else we want to ask you from the debate yep. that that really Clay and I it stuck out to us. But we appreciate you showing up and and uh, and letting us you know ask you some real questions. So we'll come back to you here in just Great. a second. The pre-born network of clinics, my friends, they make a remarkable difference. Um, at a time when abortion rights are front and center, pre-born is out there actually giving voice to the unborn and saving lives. They operate a network of clinics nationwide and communities are most likely to happen. Preborn has rescued over 270,000 babies in their 17-year history, giving pregnant mothers another option. 
Every day, Preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies' lives. They do this by providing free ultrasounds, which is a game changer when a woman is on the fence over what to do about an unplanned pregnancy. Once she hears that heartbeat of a baby in the womb, the baby's chance at life is doubled. And now, through a match, your tax-deductible gift is doubled. What could be a better way to spend your money? That extra cash you have. I know it's not a lot these days. Times are tough. But whatever extra cash you can could save babies' lives this Christmas season. Now's the time to put your year-end write-offs to work, including preborn in your generosity. Dial pound 250 on your cell phone. Say the keyword baby. That's pound 250. Say baby. Or go to preborn.com slash buck. Sponsored by Preborn. Clay and Buck 24-7. Subscribe today. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. 
If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. The combative, uh, I would say. Uh, Chris Christie, I always enjoy it. We're throwing questions at him, agreeing and disagreeing with a variety of different subjects, as, by the way, one should do in a, uh, I think, presidential campaign. I would imagine the governor would agree. Everybody shouldn't agree on everything, and we should find out what we do agree and disagree on. Uh, and I want to play a clip. Yeah, you agree with that, Governor, and uh, we agree. By the way, would you have, totally not serious, before we play a serious clip for you, (laughs) would you have thrown the flag on uh, the uh, Chiefs receiver for lining up offsides uh, offensively at the end of that game, or would you have let that go because it's not that material to the outcome of the play or the game? Well, you would throw the penalty flag because he was offsides. He was clearly offsides, and you don't know what the result of the play is going to be. Uh, yeah. The results of the play could have been an incomplete. It could have been a sack. You got to throw it when you see it. And look, it's easy. Those receivers just have to check with the, with the line judge to see if yes. they're on sides or not. And the line judge will advise him as a typical Chiefs dopey receiver. He didn't do it. <laughs> um, and, and, and he wants to cost his team the game. Uh, all right. We've got a clip we want to play for you. Uh, and then I'm going to ask you a question right after it, but I want to make sure our, our, our crew hears it. This is the fourth GOP debate about transgender transitions for kids. Uh, Cut 23, I'll let you listen to it too. Uh, Here's Chris Christie on the stage in Tuscaloosa. Republicans believe in less government, not more. In less involvement with government, not more government involvement in people's lives. And you know what, Megan? I trust parents. And we're out there saying that we should empower parents in education. We should empower parents to make more decisions about where their kids go to school. I agree. We should empower parents to be teaching the values that they believe in in their homes without the government telling them what those values should be. And yet we want to take other parental rights away. I'm sorry. As a father of four, I believe there is no one who loves my children more than me. And I get to make the decisions about my children, not anybody else. And every parent out there who's watching tonight, you start to turn over just a little bit of this authority, the authority they're going to take from you next, you're not going to like. Okay, Governor, I've got three kids. I, I You've got four. So I think parents yeah. out there have a variety of opinions. Mine are all minors. And I just want to give you a hypothetical. I couldn't take my kids right now and get them a tattoo. Now, leave aside the fact that my wife would murder me if I did it, right? But let's pretend that I took my 8-year-old uh, to a tattoo parlor right now, and I said, I think it's in the best interest for him to get a uh, barbed wire tattoo or, or something, right? I also couldn't take my kid to a bar and get him uh, a beer, even if I thought, hey, he's ready, he can have wine, whatever else. Parents have restrictions on them. I don't believe any child under 18 should be able to have gender adjustment surgery in any way. I think that should be a prohibition. If you can't get tattoos and you can't get beer, don't we restrict parent rights all the time to protect kids? Why is it right to allow uh, you know, a 14-year-old to get her boobs chopped off? Well, look, you're making a, a comparison that I think, quite frankly, is, is not apt. Um, they they make those rules 
They don't say parents can't take their children for a beer. They say anyone under the age of 18 can't get a beer, whether he walks into the bar on his own or whether he walks in a company. It's it's under 21, as we know. But Yeah, yeah, and by the way, I agree with that, and I'd have the same logic for anybody under 18 wanting gender assignment. If you want to be over 18, you can do it. we got one minute, Governor, so go ahead. How how is this not apples to apples? So my my point is that we are now invading into the House, and we're letting government invade into the House on all kinds of different issues. And I don't believe we should add to it. And well, but no, but Governor, I, I mean, if, if, if you said to me, hold on a second, if, if, if someone said, hey, you know, I just think that, that disciplining my kid with a belt and, you know, hitting him with it is good. I don't think it's child abuse. The state doesn't say, yeah, we don't want to interfere. And, and so what you're telling me is that every time a parent spanks a child, um, that they're, that they're subject to arrest. I don't think that's what goes on in this country right now. And that's why I think people who are making these type of comparisons are not making apt comparisons. The fact of the matter is you, you've got to either stand up for parental rights or not. And the next time you don't, then you're going to wind up having the government come in and say you can't do something with your children that is absolutely... We, I, I tell you, right. we are we are both I, not sold on this position at all, yeah, Governor. I just we, think we, if I, you can't get a tattoo under 18, uh, you shouldn't be able to yeah, chop g- your Gender mutilation for 18. 12-year-olds is something that we would think that all conservatives could oppose. Um, but, sir, I don't, I don't want to sandbag you here at the end, so... We'll just, we're going to leave it with the, we got like 10 seconds. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah. All right. But guys, look, you know, if you're not for parental rights, then I get that you guys are not for parental rights. I am. (laughs) Okay. So he's going to sandbag us. All right. Governor Christie, everybody. We gave him his say. Governor, appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you again. We're going to fight with you again next time. We'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.